Hello, world. We have a very special day today, all right? Hello, Hi, Frank, or should I be saying Frank the Fern? <laughs> Hi, this is an awesome day. It's April 22nd, and you know what that means? It's Earth Day. Awesome. So we should say something like, hello, heart. Hello, Earth. Works for me. I'm all set. You can see. <laughs> I will pause that. What do you start with your news? Absolutely. So let's get started and roll the slides. Um, I actually have three things I want to talk about before we start a very special segment. First, if you've been watching this show, you might have seen us talk about the Visual Green Earth Challenge, a green tech challenge. Don't forget to go check it out. It's going to run through to the end of this month. And we have a very special guest today as we review what we've already got in terms of submissions. So stick around for that. Second, I also want to tell you about this interesting challenge that's happening in the US. It's a Cloud Skills Challenge for Earth Day, and it's going to use cognitive services. If you're interested in this, learning paths that teach you cognitive services and an opportunity to submit something to be featured in a blog. And last but not least, this is my favorite segment. Um, I have a 12-year-old. Many of us probably kind of work with kids or know kids who are really, really curious. Well, there's an exciting education package in Minecraft to teach about sustainability. Go check that out. It's really good. I've been doing it myself with my 12-year-old. Teaches you all about sustainability in your city, in your environment, and so on. So I'm super excited for this. You mean you're... 12 years old is teaching you how to do it, right? We will not say anything. Man, I am so lost in Minecraft, but yes, he guided <laughs> me. I will give him credit. Awesome. All along this very special episode, we have special guests. If you have questions, put it in a chat, and at the end, we'll try to find the time and we'll ask them. If you're watching that on Video On Demand, type it in the comment down below, and we will bring that question and the answer back to you. So don't forget the chat is over there or in the comment down below. But first, let's bring our special guest. So Nitya, we'll let you the honor of the introduction. Oh my God, I'm so excited for this. So we want to welcome Asim Hussain. He is the head of the green advocacy uh, section within cloud advocacy. And I'm super excited because he's got a lineup of very special guests who are going to walk through sustainable software engineering stuff. But first, Asim, tell us why Earth Day? Thank you so much, Nitya and Frank. Thank you for having me on the on the show today. Um, yeah, today is Earth Day. Today is a very, very special day for all the, all the green activists around the world. So Earth Day started in 1970. So last was a 50th anniversary and today is a 51st anniversary. Um, and it actually started, uh, it actually initially started more as a, as a day of peace to kind of uh, foster peace around the world. But now it's evolved into kind of sustainability and, 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 and protecting our planet. And 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 you know, I've been talking all week. I've been having I've been giving my week's been completely busy with like presentations uh, all the way through the week. Um, just as Nitch has, has been busy uh, uh, playing oh, Minecraft for her twelve. For, yeah, really. Yes. So um, to, <laughs> so today we've got uh, three amazing guests on the show. So we've got Sarah Bergman, and she's going to talk about electricity. Now I am fascinated by electricity. Electricity is is really really important. It's actually one of the biggest drivers of carbon emissions on the planet and you know our applications consume electricity so she's going to talk about ways in which you can um uh, your tactic regarding electricity and then we've got bill johnson who's going to come along on the show and he's going to talk about this concept called carbon intensity which is this measure of how clean or dirty electricity is and he's been doing this amazing work with kubernetes and containers and 
how do you actually scale things up and down in the greenest way when you take into account carbon intensity? He's going to talk to us about that. And Sarah Maston is going to come on and she's going to talk to us about a project called Project 15. I love Project 15. It's so amazing. I love the fact it has the word, 15, the, the number 15. It, it, so it makes everything. I'm going to name every project I have from now on, like just a number. Definitely sounds serious. Sounds so serious, right? This is, this is, this is Project 9. Um, so it's project project fifteen. She's going to talk to us talk to us uh, about that, um, and I'll let her I'll let her introduce the, the, the concept. It's really amazing. It's about biodiversity and protecting uh, plant plants, plant animals, animals uh, <laughs> from plant animals from from uh, from from poaching. But first off, we have uh, Sarah Bergman on the show. Welcome to the show, Sarah. Um, today, I think you're going to talk to us about well. Last time you talked about the energy usage and the sustainability of, of software. And I think today you're going to talk about how to measure electricity. Exactly. Yes. Okay. Thanks a lot for having me. So, yeah, last time I talked about how we can see electricity and energy as a proxy for carbon. And what does that mean? Well, it's not a one-to-one -one mapping, say you consume this much electricity and then this much uh, carbon gets emitted into the atmosphere because that's not really how uh, the grid works but it is a good uh, proxy because the the general relationship holds if you decrease energy and electricity usage you decrease the amount of carbon you emit but a proxy is something when it's hard to measure the original thing you have a proxy instead so we need to be able to measure that proxy in our case energy so that's what I want to talk about now. And a rule of thumb here is to try to get as close to the real power draw as you can. What do I mean by that? Well, just get close and intimate with your hardware. Get really close because that's where you get the most accurate numbers. So a good way to, to get started if you like never consider measuring energy or electricity at all is to get a watt hour meter. They're not that expensive and they're like super simple to use. You just uh, plug them into the wall and then stick your computer or your laptop like on top of it and you get like real real uh, numbers uh, immediately and I think that's pretty cool there are a few caveats to be aware of like for example if you're using a device with a battery and you're trying to measure your uh, your new app or website or whatever you're building make sure your device is fully charged because otherwise you'll end up measuring how much energy it takes to um, to charge your device, which I mean, that's kind of cool too, but it's not really what we're trying to do here. So just keep that in mind. Uh, secondly, another option is to use hardware or operating system based energy metrics. So for Windows, for example, I know this is a favorite of ours, is the Windows Energy Estimation Engine, which is quite the mouthful, so it's just shortened to E3. And what's good with like these type of metrics is that we can access them with code. And that's good because we cannot only see uh, the metrics, uh, which we only can with the wattmeter, but we can actually use this uh, to take informed decisions based on it. Yeah, and I love uh, I love tools like uh, watt hour meters. In fact, I can tell you right now, I'm consuming six seven hundred and sixty nine watts right now, which is quite. A oh, lot. that's cool. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, cool. But what about but what about mobile phone developers or, or device developers? Like, what, what can they do? Yeah, exactly. That's a that's a good question because for software running on customer devices. It's not as easily accessible as first engineers. We can't really barge into uh, our customers like 
we're living room and can I please plug my what my, uh, what our meter in, when you're charging your phone or it doesn't really work that way. Mm -hmm. So today I actually have a blog post coming up on the Microsoft SSE dev blog on this topic. You can just see it in the show notes uh, on this particular topic, but I, I will be kind and give you the highlights. So uh, firstly, what can you do in the development phase? And then once again, you know, just the what meter is, is a good start. But also if you're building an actual uh, native application, both Android Studio and Xcode, they have energy profilers built into them, uh, which is good because then you can see your energy usage very early in the development phase, which I think is great because then you might not even have introduced those very expensive uh, energy eaters. So you can just make sure they're gone right away. And if you have a website that is actually deployed, you can use a tool called Green Spectre, and that runs your software on an actual mobile phone and send you back the metrics, which I think is super cool. So yeah, I, I just I want to um, mention that on the blog there are several more posts on like this topic and how to measure uh, energy and electricity. So you know, hop on over and check that out. Yeah, definitely. So that's our that's our sustainable software engineering blog and. Sarah's written quite a few articles on there. I've written some articles on there as well. Um, definitely head on over. I, I, I'm very, very proud of our blog. It's, it's got some amazing material. Yeah, me and too. In fact, and in fact, one of the best documentation that we have on, on the Power Config tool, which is kind of our E3 engine tool, is written by a gentleman called Scott Chamberlain. And you can find that on the, on the, on the blog as well. So thank you very much, Sarah. That's all really fascinating stuff. Thank you for have, coming on the show. Next up, we've got Bill Johnson, who's going to talk to about uh, carbon intensity and, um, and, and, and his work on, in, in that area. Welcome to the show, Bill. Uh, thank you. And uh, thanks for having me back. And especially on, on Earth Day, it's really, really cool to be here today of all days. Yeah, that's yeah, amazing. So um, t tell me, what does, uh, what, does, what does carbon intensity look like for, for, for software, soft, uh, software engineers? Yeah, easy for you to say. Um, <laughs> yeah, so just as a little recap, the uh, carbon intensity is essentially the amount of carbon that's needed to produce a kilowatt of energy. And so as you can imagine, that fluctuates over time. It fluctuates as grids uh, change. People use renewable energy or coal or, or as just the weather changes as well. So um, taking advantage of those fluctuations is, is kind of the key in, in the software engineering side of it. So, so you can do that with changes that involve little to no code. Um, the easiest of that is kind of just moving machines. So if you have things deployed in a region and it's a high carbon intensity in that region based on their energy grid, you can just move it to another region that, that has a lower carbon intensity. You know, things like your build machines or jump boxes or anything that are just always on are, are great examples of this. And so uh, in Azure, we have two regions, uh, US East and US East 2. And so the difference between them is actually pretty significant because the US East 2 region has a bunch of offshore wind as part of their energy grid. So by like changing one, just adding a two to your region configurations, you can you can drop your, your carbon intensity and your overall uh, emissions there for your for your systems. Um, it's also, you know, it's kind of why I, I really like the, the Kubernetes, the carbon aware Kubernetes implementations, because you can automate all of these decision making. You don't have to have somebody trying to look at these grids. You can you can pull in some of the APIs from Watson that we talked about last time and and automate this stuff in the scheduler of, of Kubernetes itself. You know, it's obviously a lot of code changes to do that, but but I think it's it's really worth it to kind of put it on autopilot, not have to think about it. 
um, doing batch processing as well as kind of another approach in there. So if there's anything that you have to do in a batch job, um, you can delay that so that it's a, at a, a better time uh, that has a lower carbon intensity or just like with the, all the other stuff we were just talking about, you can move that batch processing to another region that has, has some lower carbon intensities. Um, and then the other thing I wanted to touch on here is uh, using more of a serverless architecture. So um, by definition with serverless, you send a request and it does the job and that's it. And you only pay for that very small piece of, of compute that you just used. And so you're maximizing the amount of utilization in your system and, and that's gonna help reduce your overall carbon emissions too. Yeah, no, I love, I love service. I think service is a great, a great, one of the great solutions we can use to reduce the carbon emissions of our applications. But what would be the, what, what would be the first step, let's say, for someone trying to make their system more sustainable? What, what are your recommendations? Yeah, so I, I grew up on the on the three R's, you know, reduce, reuse, recycle. And so I'll, I'll point to that first R is kind of the first step, reduce. And so just in general, get more efficient in your systems. So shut down things that you don't need uh, is probably the biggest thing. If, if you've got machines running all day long and you don't need them at night, you can you can shut them down. Or if you've got 10 machines running at night, you can, you can bring it down to three to kind of handle the load or whatever that number may be. Um, so shutting machines down, reducing the overall ones, co-locating services that maybe have some tight dependencies on each other um, so that they don't have to go over the network and you can reduce that overall uh, number of machines that, that you have. Um, interestingly, for it, it varies from, from machine to machine, but but what typically holds true is of a machine's power draw, their maximum power draw, about 50% of that is used just to have the machine running. So just to be idle, not doing anything else at all in the machine, it's gonna use about 50% of its overall capacity on power. So by reducing those machines and the ones that you have on, it's actually a pretty significant bump to, to your overall intensity. Um, the other thing to look at is uh, specific CPUs and, and the processors themselves. So Intel and AMD are kind of the most common. Uh, AMD has a much, much lower energy profile than Intel does. And so just switching to a different VM that uses an AMD often will, will reduce quite a bit uh, of your of your requirements and your resources. And then I know Sarah talked a lot about measuring energy um, and it's great. I think those are all really good tips. I'm, I'm in Azure and it's not super easy to go into a data center and plug in a, uh, a watt meter or anything. So um, using proxies that she mentioned as well. So some really good proxies to measure your own resources is uh, CPU utilization is one of the one of the one of the best ones there. Um, your build times, how long it takes to actually process the data you have, um, and then also looking at your network throughput. And so, how much how much information are you pushing across the network, and how far away is that is that going? Um, so just just in general, if you think about it, though, the just being practicing good software engineering practices and hygiene often aligns very tightly with with good sustainable practices as well. Yeah, Be being a green software engineer is often associated with being a, just a good software engineer. So, <laughs> yes. um, so yeah. So thank you so much, Bill, for all of your insights and tips. And, and next up, we have Sarah Master to talk to us about Project 15. Welcome to the show, Sarah. Hello. Um, hello. Hello, what world. Is, hello, world. What is, what is Hello 15? What is Project 15? Um, but you know what? Project 15 is maybe one of my best aha moments um, that turned into a project. So it really at its base was a project designed around what could the sort of commercial technical community bring to help accelerate scientific projects, which was spawned because a few years ago I had designed a safety 
solution. And I talked about, you know, there was safe schools, safe workplaces, safe retail, anything safe. I was talking about how to make things safer using IoT. But I never thought of safe parks or safe animals. And when I met Dr. Eric Dinnerstein, he has a solution called TrailGuard AI, and it's a camera trap and it's sending events. And I realized really quickly that this was the same, this was just another use case. And why would a scientific developer want to reinvent wheels if we could help by just meeting each other and sharing knowledge? Yeah, it sounds, yeah. sounds really inspirational work. And I love the connections like that. But I also heard it had, it had a really interesting origin story. Can you share some details about that? So uh, at the very base, you know, I, I call this the butterfly effect of, of innovation because you never know where one idea is going to lead to another, another, another. And it all started because um, my cat was in a building that I thought was on fire because I saw a lot of smoke and I ran in to save my cat. And, um, and then that led to, we need better systems to communicate in an emergency, which led to mm -hmm. elephants, obviously. Um, so that was really that. And a lot of people ask me, why is it named Project 15 from, from Microsoft? And so there's a very terrible fact that we lose an elephant every 15 minutes from this planet and we will be out of those uh, animals in 10 years at that rate. And so I, I kept it that name, that is a very serious name to, to keep mm. the eye on what it's really about. And that's just the elephants. We lose a pangolin every five minutes. So um, wow. there you go. There you go. Well, thank you. Thank you. Um, thank you to your cat, I think, for, I, for, com for communicating to you as cats always do. Um, it, yeah. With beady little eyes. Beady eyes and also its voice. What, uh, so what is what is the Project 15? What is the open platform, I think, is, is, is on Project 15? That sounds really interesting. Tell us about that. So this is super exciting. Um, you know, around month three, when we put out the, the first video, it really was a, we thought of it as a kind of telephone where we were putting it out there to say, hey, scientific community, if this makes sense to you, call us. Um, and we had a few NGOs, uh, nonprofits, and organizations start to call. Um, you know, my co-founder, Daisuke, and I would meet with them and do an architectural design session. And we were drawing, you know, what it looks like on Azure. How do you connect up your devices, et cetera. They may have had a lot of experience on the, the data science or the ML side, um, but they really didn't have a lot of experience on this IoT, you know, plumbing mm, that would go in yeah. as an infrastructure. So we noticed that it was always the same drawing for the most part to about 85%. And then we, we actually got a phone call from the um, GEF small grants program that's implemented by the United Nations Development Program. And uh, they have a lot of projects. And so we had to come up with some ideas of how to scale. And so we designed the open platform and put it on GitHub that you could just spin it up, uh, deploy to Azure, and it would just set up everything you needed and it would hijack that timeline of learning and, and get people going. It's what we could do. Um, you know, I don't know how to save an, an elephant per se, but I, but I know how to build that kind of thing. And, and that's what we did. And now, a few months ago, we enabled it so that you just with a little true false, you know, Boolean, do you want Azure Digital Twins version of this? So you can have Azure IoT Pass based, or you can have an Azure Digital Twins based. That sounds amazing, and and it's so inspiring. The story is so inspiring, and it's also so empowering as well. I mean, there's, there's, it's it's a way in which 
engineers and software engineers can kind of help to to do some good in the planet and, and it's an open source project so i presume people can go or go on to GitHub and, and 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 help out so thank you so much sarah and thank you so much for for your time and everything that you're doing as well it's it's, it's so it's it, it's so good thank you thank you for having now, me thank you for being here now let's bring thank in nitya back to introduce our next segment yeah, yeah, so Frank, you're gonna set me up for this? Oh yes. So now, Nitya, I want to know everything about that visual green tech challenge that you just start. Let's roll. We have we have a bumper for that. Come on, let's yeah. show it. It's awesome. <laughs> visual green. That is agile, and I'm bringing in Loxley Kolakowski. I am Hello. so happy to be here. Hi, Loxley. <laughs> Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here today. Yes. Yeah, so I'm going to share a few slides to tell our story, and then we're going to spend a lot of time talking about what you did for this. And this is amazing. So maybe we can share the slides. And I want to kind of set the stage by saying we've had this thing called visual storytelling and green tech, like combinations of what we can do. And I think two weeks or a few weeks ago, we shared a visual guide to storytelling. I mean, visual guide to sustainable software engineering, which was the basis for this challenge. And this is the one we're going to talk about today. And Loxley, you're familiar with it. And this is kind of like the visual green tech challenge. So what we did is we put out prompts every day. And we try to see you know, if someone would visualize their responses to it. And I think you might have seen, you might even know Rachel. Do you know Rachel Loxley from the Microsoft Student Ambassadors? I think I met her through the Visual Green Tech Challenge. So, I mean, absolutely inspiring to like kind of, yeah, just kind of learn her, learn about her through this challenge, which is just so cool. Yes, and I remember this because I think we had done a, a, a Microsoft Student Summit thing and she was one of the folks who attended. So this was her visualization for Water Positive. And then I want to also give a shout out to Dasani. Uh, she's a PM at Microsoft, but she's an amazing doodler. Definitely follow her. She visualized zero waste. And she had this really nice hierarchy that taught me a lot about how we could think about our waste structure. And then shout out to Jen Looper. You all know her. She's like the education lead uh, for cloud advocacy at Microsoft. And she did some amazing visuals for us for energy proportionality and network efficiency. But what I really love is that blog post she wrote on the sustainable software website that talks about how you can build a green browser extension. So all of those links will be in our show notes. But now, this kind of looks familiar, doesn't it, Loxley? Yes, it does. <laughs> I just have to give it to her. We were blown away because there's this person who was just putting image after image day after day. So Loxley has been submitting these for every prompt. And I like these two quotes from her that really summarize her kind of like attitude to this. Loxley, tell us a little bit about why you took this challenge. Yes, I feel like it kind of goes back to being a Microsoft Learn student ambassador. It's like, first of all, I absolutely love learning. So and I actually I did not know I done a couple things with serverless and even some green tech in the past. So this was just a way to learn so much more about it. And then the second part, which I am just so excited for is having the opportunity to share what I've learned with others through these visuals, which has just been the most like the best part of this month has been an absolute blast. Yeah, and I actually want to share a couple of uh, posts from this. First, I think on the slides, you've written blog posts that showcase all of the stuff that you've learned in the two weeks. And I think they're on the slides. So definitely go check this out. But I'm hoping we can walk through a few of your visuals over the next couple of minutes. 
This yes. one, when you talk about bringing others in, was amazing. So tell us about this. Yes, I actually, for this specific challenge, I actually had my twin sister who is, I would say she's the artist of the family. She's an incredibly talented digital and like physical artist. And she drew this fantastic, this is like, I live in the greater Seattle area. This is like the Northwestern version of a Blue Jay. She did this amazing Blue Jay for the kind of citizen science visual green tech challenge. Uh, and I think for the for the rest of my life, I'm going to remember healthy ecosystems by this because it really visualizes to me your like helping the environment, getting data and converting it into insights. Beautifully visualized. And then there was this. I actually did get the link to the blog post. I'm going to put that on as well. But tell us about this. What did you learn from this particular prompt? Yes, this is actually one of my favorite visuals I've done. And it's super funny because I was telling my brother, I was like casually said, oh, yeah, I'm doing this visual green tech challenge for Microsoft. And he's like, do you read this article about two-phase immersion cooling, which is just the absolutely the most fascinating thing in the world, taking servers, putting them into a specially designed liquid that does not harm the hardware whatsoever. And this is just a way better, more efficient cooling process for the servers, which is saving a ton of energy. So creating this visual was extremely challenging, but also super rewarding. I'm actually going to use this in one of the posts I write about this. This was amazing. And I'm going to kind of just wrap this. We move out of the segment and kind of bring up two things. One, you mentioned you're a Microsoft student learn, learn ambassador. Yes. The <laughs> of the learn module. And just tell us briefly about what's happening this weekend. That kind of This weekend on Saturday, I'm co-hosting the Global AI Student Conference. It's in like the European time. So I'll be waking up very early to be a co-host. But if you're based in Europe, feel free to watch it in your time or watch it a couple hours later and like not live. So it is awesome. going to be an absolute blast. I highly recommend tuning in. This is great. So I want to bring Frank back and let's bring back some of our guests. So this is awesome. Frank, what do you think of this? It was wonderful. I wish you a lot of fun on your conference. So you will see it's I'm sure you will love it. Yes. Thank you so much. Yeah, it should be an absolute blast bringing together a bunch of students, a bunch of Microsoft Learn student ambassadors to share all of their learning about AI, which is also kind of connected to green tech as well. So that is just super exciting. Thank you. Yes. But now I want to bring back all our guesses today because we have a question from the chat. So I want to ask them and see if someone has the answer or at least a, a track to get started. So uh, people were very excited and me too, Sarab, um, about uh, your topic. And Paolo was like, yeah, I want to know now how my dual screen is taking uh, juice. <laughs> and Katrin was asking, so what is the baseline of too high wattage or for, for your hardware? Like when is the point that you sh we should be concerned? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. It's hard to give like a, a short answer to that. Uh, but I, what I want to say is to keep in mind that uh, whenever you buy a new device, it has a lot of embodied carbon. Like we paid a lot of natural resources and carbon to produce that device. So the energy gain that you want to get has to be pretty high before you can like motivate the change of a like non-broken device. Uh, so yeah, sorry, no magic number, but definitely if we tie back to build that reduce, reuse, recycle, reduce the amount of purchases is always a good way to go. Uh, thank you. That's a, that's a good start. So let's yeah. bring everybody for the, the wrap up. So we should bring up Asim first. Yeah, um, Asim. So he can help host. Right. Yeah. And then I guess, yeah, there's Bill and there's Sarah. Oh, I can. Oh, 
big powwow at the end. I, I love that. <laughs> so, so I um, your final calls um, to action before we wrap up. So let's say let's start by uh, in, in order. So uh, Asim, do you want to say anything? Oh, sure. So Call I think the the the, the, the final. The call to action I always give is is we have some training material on the, the, the Microsoft Learn platform, which you can get to. Well, it'll be, it'll be in the show notes, but you can get to uh, the acad.mssse learn, where a lot of the stuff people are talking about today are, are going to be covered as well. And, and, and I have a horrible feeling that might be other people's. Excellent. Well. But anyway, and Sarah, your blog post will be published later today? Today, it's live. Excellent. So it will be in the show notes, the URL over there. Bill, any call, call for action? Yeah, I'll, I'll underscore what they said. You know, check out the blog, check out the learning things, and then maybe I'll add, go go outside, enjoy the earth today. And maybe read this blog while you're outside too. Excellent. <laughs> and we also, the other Sarah, so again, show notes for your reference to Project 15. It's all over there. Yeah, um, yes, uh, go check it out. Go look at the open platform. Um, I was going to say go outside also, uh, but after you go outside, uh, check out the links and just know that if you're kind of like I was, you, you can help. Your skills are valuable. You just. Wonderful. We'll wrap up now because the time is flying. So stay tuned for more. Jay Gordon is here with Azure Funbyte, and I will see you tomorrow for another Hello World. Bye. Happy birthday. Bye.